Lab podcast. We're glad you were able to join us. Recovery Lab hopes to destigmatize addiction and normalize recovery. Our platform provides an avenue to share the many stories of those that have recovered from addiction, providing for the listener the most basic antidote to addiction. Hope. All right, we're back. I forgot. <laughs> I was so into the music. All right, we're here. This is the Recovery Lab podcast series, episode number 40. I'm Drew Hassan. I'm Daniel Anderson. We are the Recovery Lab. Uh, you may have just seen that we were all in the ice bath thing, not together at one time, but uh, we each individually did it. Now I'm, I'm feeling like a real boss. Do you need to hit the record button on that thing? It's not a bad idea. All right, we're joined today by Gracie Gaddow and Haley Pinnock. How are y'all? Great. How are you? Uh, we're going to have to figure out this microphone thing. Hello. There Doing we go. Well. Perfect. There we are. And I'm just as well. Good, good. Fantastic, fantastic. So we're going a little bit off script today. No real outline, just four people that are in recovery chatting about their lives. I'm glad y'all are here. Thank you. Yeah, thank y'all. And thank you for doing the, I got to say, the, the first... I, <laughs> I sent I sent Gracie a text of the the home um, ice bath that I'm making, and she jokingly said, "Oh, are you going to do it at the podcast tomorrow?" And something clicked. Something like, "Yeah, Danny was like, uh, wait, that's a great idea." Yeah, actually, yeah, we actually might do that. Uh, and then I called you, and you thought it was a fantastic idea as well. And and one thing led to another, and made thank it you, happen. Yeah, thank you to Zach for letting us use the um, the tub and. Um, Yes, yeah. thank you, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. So that was pretty exciting. It was a great thing. It's it's phenomenal to experience that with other people. To do it in, like alone is one thing, but to do it with like a group of people where there's that I think I would have thought I was going to pass out. Yeah. Well, you got to have the encouragement, too. I think that helps. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I do it by myself um, sometimes, and it is a million times easier and more comfortable and more it's just a different experience when I feel supported by people. Yeah. Which is it's it's a that's a great metaphor for recovery in general as well, you know. It's impossible to do it alone for I mean it's it's impossible to do it alone. And when you have a group of people that are huddled around you whether whatever you're your um your route to recovery may be whether it be a in a faith-based whatever um it just makes things a hundred times easier to do when you've got a team and a group right there supporting you so amen yeah Hell yeah. yeah they say the opposite of addiction is connection i know i know i love it i know i never i, I always thought the opposite of addiction is sobriety and that's absolutely not no, no. that's not and i mean think about it like when we're using, we're absolutely 100% self-will run riot. We're absolutely not thinking about anyone else. Although I tried to appear as though I cared about other people so that I could get what I want from those people when I needed it, um, or attempt at least. Um, but there's something incredible about, you know, recovery actually teaches us how to um, 
be selfless or less selfish, I should say. I mean, I'm still selfish, selfish as hell a lot of times, but at least today I'm aware of it and I can kind of do what I need to do to circumnavigate and mitigate the risk of that causing any serious harm and damage. Yeah, I mean, I've found that self-awareness is is a huge factor in all of that. Being able to identify when I'm being selfish or self-centered and self-seeking, I, I know how to turn it around from there right. and make it make it different. Absolutely. But I can't always identify it, and that's why, you know, what sponsorship is so important for. And, like, being a part of, for me, AA, I mean, and they're all of it. Having a, having people around me that are gonna you know call me out, um, and and keep me in my I love I know that y'all had Alex Christian Moore on here recently, yeah, but he, yeah. um, I hear him say and I love it like keep me right sized, and I need that. My sponsor does it for me, um, and. I was thinking about something and completely blanked. It'll come back to you. Yeah, sponsors are great for bouncing things off and stuff like that. I was talking. I was actually talking with Ac- uh, Alex just last night. We had the Harbor House had the fiftieth yeah. birthday celebration. It's pretty sweet. There was like three hundred fifty people there. Really? Yeah, it was like incredible. It was incredible. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And Magna Bean uh, catered it. The food was out of out of this world. Out Who of did? Magna Magna Bean Jeff Goods Catering Company. Ah. I think it's Magna, Magna Bean. Mangia Bene. It sounds like... Uh, yeah, that sounds a lot. lot Ma- Mange, <laughs> you know, is the Italian word for eating. Mange. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bene okay. is good. Yeah, I just butchered it. Good eats. Butchered that. Good Magna Bean, man. Magna Bean. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... that's uh, he's He was... He and I had a great conversation yesterday. He's a super cool dude. Yeah, I think we all got a little piece of Alex yesterday. Sounds like there's something. I don't know. I had dinner with him last night. He's just a man. No shit. Shout out to Alex. I love you. Yeah. yeah, he's a cool kid. Oh, Alex. Alex is so special to me. He had he was the part of the turning point in my recovery. Um, if if you want to tell us a little bit about that. Yes, um, if if you guys want to hear about well, that. Well, we do want to hear about it, but we want your mouth to be closer to that microphone while you oh, do Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I have been um, sober since 2012 and, um, and have, you know, maintained sobriety. And as we know, like, life still happens, right? We get sober and um, life happens. And I... Uh, in sobriety developed an eating disorder and so that's another piece of my recovery something that I am recovering from um and at the height of my eating disorder um I had a lot of fear I mean part of what led to we can talk about that in another point if if y'all are interested but what led to my eating disorder in large part is like that I've always suffered with anxiety. Um, and you know, different pieces fell into that. But, uh, so during the height of my eating disorder, part of one of the worst parts of pieces of my anxiety was about my health and that like, I wasn't okay. I can't take care of myself. My body's not okay. And one night I was in bed and um, I live alone w- with Bader, 
my dog. And I was so afraid of going to sleep because I was afraid that I like my heart would stop and wouldn't wake up. Um, and I just like did not know what to do. It's like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I'm calling just anybody that I can think of to con- to just be with me. I just was afraid of being by myself um, and sleeping. And... Alex picked up the phone and Alex came to my house and, uh, and save, I mean, he, he saved me. He drove me over to my mom's house in the middle of the night. And, um, that was really the night that I was like, I'm not okay. And this is not okay. And I, I, I cannot go on like this. And uh, recovery for it for an eating disorder is a whole lot different than recovery from um, drugs and alcohol. But it's been such a game changer in my recovery for alcohol as well because I've just like you know thrown myself back into AA and getting into that even more. Um, but yes, Alex was Alex. Alex was there for me, and he continues to be, and he is, you know, constantly um, an example of just suiting up and showing up and being there, and um, and he's awesome. Love Alex. Yeah, he's definitely a cool dude. Were you, you weren't there. You were out of town. Yeah, that was a fantastic episode with him. Oh, that was when Bryn was here with us. She was uh, guest yes. co-hosting. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I took the kids to Red Red <sighs> Bluff. That's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, okay, cool. Tell us a little bit about the um, the eating disorder. I think uh, my wife dealt with that. Um, I've got questions, too. Yeah, and, and still deals with it. I'm kind of curious about that. Um, from time to time, and it's, you know, it's, with drugs and alcohol, it's super easy, right? It's you're, you know, you either drink or you don't drink or you use and you don't use. Well, you can't exactly do that with food because it's absolutely a necessity for us to survive. So walk us a little bit through like what that's like to find that. I guess you have to have balance. I have the opposite effect of eating disorder. I just stuff things in my food, although it's getting much better and we're going to the gym and getting getting healthy again but i love to eat yeah tell unhealthy food yeah 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 tell us a little bit about um the the struggles that you deal with on a daily basis what it looks like the goal here is for someone to hear something and um maybe uh let that shame dissipate a little bit with them or um give them hope give them hope you know that's that's why we're here so if you would dive a little bit into that like what's that what's it like on a daily basis um, do you, do you have struggles? Do you have triumphs? What, what does it look like for you on a daily basis? <clears throat> if you're open. Hmm. Yeah, this is tough. This is tough stuff. Um, yes, it's a lot different, right? It's, you gotta eat, you gotta do all the things, um, for, and, and I, I love to eat too. I love food. Um, yeah, I said that to my therapist the other day. I was like, you know what? I think I've I've accepted that I love eating. And I love eating vegetables. And that's okay, too. You know? Um, but that, like, the, those sorts of things. Like, the 
What happened during my eating disorder was, you know, a, a, a culmination of things that it was, I, I got sober when I was 20, so I, I was young, I did, you know, all of my undergraduate and graduate st- schooling in sobriety, and that was kind of, I graduated from law school in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, right, or in the, like, worst of it. And so everything was shut down. I was studying for the bar. Um, I didn't know if I was going to um, take the bar. That was like, we didn't know if that was happening. I didn't have a plan B, right? Like, this is the only thing that I had been working for for um, seven years. And uh, so the world shut down. I live alone. I'm studying for the bar that may or may not happen. I was supposed to get a job going out of state that, you know, didn't happen. Um, I've struggled with anxiety since I got sober. I've struggled with GI problems since I got sober, you know, because of anxiety. (laughs) And um, so in that, it was so that my eating disorder started in 2020 when all of these things were happening. And my therapist at the time was you know, with the anxiety and the circumstances of, of the pandemic and of my life, um, that it was just the perfect storm um, combination of everything that led to the eating disorder. So it was the, you know, I just got more and more restrictive about what I was comfortable eating so that I felt like my body would work, my digestion would work. Um Because I had found myself in a place where I was having GI issues and for the first time, like, there was no help. I could not go to a doctor. Right. Um, And that's because I've, you know, again, struggled with GI stuff and have seen doctors and had all sorts of things um, over the years. And, yeah, I couldn't do anything about it. And so I was left to, like, try and figure it out on my own. Um, And so what I was eating... um, would was limited and I had no help and um so anyway that's kind of what happened and then it just was like a spiral and has like had weird you know it just has been a, a, a journey um and so you know now it is like I actually listened to Zach um, Thompson's episode this morning. He's my therapist. And, um, and like, with the ice stuff and, and the trauma stuff and that all of these, it's in the body, right? Like, the problem, the, the trauma, these things are stored in my body. And the ice... Um, Finding, there was something that he said that I, uh, yeah, trauma, PTSD is a condition of the body, a difficult relationship with the body that the ice, you know, can help. Um, And so that has been what the difference is. Like, it's not about what food is in front of me, but it's about the same way that recovery like you this is what I was thinking about earlier talking about selfishness and that and self-awareness like I wake up every day alcoholic I wake up every day with an eating disorder but I do the things I you know do my prayer and meditation and get centered and get do my breathing techniques that I've learned to do 
in the eyes, I now can do, you know, I can get centered, regulate my body um, in meditation. And that's the kind of stuff where I just have to be okay. I, I see that I'm okay, and then I know that I'm okay to eat food. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. So you you have to regulate not only what you consume, but regulate your mental health prior to consuming it? I mean, I don't need to do that like every time I eat. But, you know, yeah, it's it's less about the food than it is about my mental state. That's interesting. So the first time I was ever around anybody that had an eating disorder, I went to Bridge a million years ago, and there were these girls in there who had eating disorders, and I thought, man, you know, how do you, you got to take that walk, you got to take that dog to walk every day, you know? Yeah. And I remember something about, is, is there a restriction about eating eating foods that impact your glycemic index? Like I seem to remember Denise telling them they, like they had to stay away from white flour and is this sounding crazy? Nothing you've ever heard about? Well, I think that's similar uh, with the gluten, but like there are foods that call it, that trigger people that have eating dysregulation issues. Am I making this up? You're looking at me like that's crazy talk. I think that everybody is different. Yeah, I feel like it's important for... They had to get... these girls. I mean, I remember this because it made an impact on me. Like, they had to fess up when they ate a candy bar. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. They they had the they I know nothing about that. Yeah. There okay. Was, well, but I mean, I think there's there's something to that because um, the outpatient I went to in Dallas when I was going to outpatient there, they had a pretty robust eating disorder program, uh, and and there was there was talk a little bit about that. I don't think that there. I think the like the shaming for eating something was. I don't think there was any of that going on. Uh, and nor, this wasn't nor heavy on the shame. It was just so sorry, Mama, about what I'm about to say. So while you were at Bridge, you were not to look at adult entertainment. You were not to engage in uh, what's the word onanism? Fancy acts. <laughs> uh, you couldn't do that. And so if you did that, you were you were to come the next day and say, "Okay, well, last night I looked at." Pornhub or whatever and now the and yeah. these girls had to fet like okay I had a rough there was one girl there was one lady who was a teacher and she had eaten a granola bar out of the vending machine and she had to fess up about that I think maybe and that's uh that's like the yeah. idea being that if that when you eat these certain foods things that have lots of processed sugar things that have white flour in them uh that it it triggers something in your brain to eat more of that. And this is just to build. Um, I have no idea. That's why I was. Well, going I mean, to, I think we can all agree that, you know, all of the processed things, chemicals and all of that isn't good for any of us. Yeah. Right. I guess I they were know. doing it for like accountability. Like if you you'd come and tell yourself and build accountability with the group. Or I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. You know, yeah. I wasn't on that track, so I didn't, I didn't get like the full eating disorder. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's a it's a serious thing. I mean, it's it's um, you know I I know en- enough about it from you know Marge and it's serious. I mean, she told me some stories that she and her friends would drive around when they were kids and go binge at restaurants and then go behind the <laughs> go and and throw everything up. Oh, and, it and was do it all over again. Like their eating disorders were is is dangerous and destructive in their lives as my yeah, meth abuse. It's absolutely deadly. Absolutely deadly. Yeah. 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 It's really scary. I mean, having, being in recovery for both, I I truly, I, and maybe, you know, part, like for getting sober, for me, the bottom was really brought up to me by my parents. Um, again, I got sober when I was 20. So, right, like that was... I got sober because my parents, you know, it, it just, that was what led to me getting sober. But then eating disorder recovery was this situation with Alex and this like real, like I'm killing myself and my body is not okay. And I ended up, you know, really like, I don't remember, I guess two years ago, um, I failed a pulmonary function test and that led to, you know, months of having to have my lung function and heart function and all of these things checked to make sure that I was okay. And all of these like weird testing MRI bubble MRIs and, checking all of the things and that's like really frightening and then like coming to the realization and acceptance that like I'm doing this to myself like that's scary yeah 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 I mean it just it has to trigger a bunch I mean if if I were in that situation and I was in the situation with drugs and alcohol but the shame response from like having that realization that oh my god I'm doing this to myself like was there any shame for you? Like, oh my God, like, how could you do this to yourself? You're, you know, negative self-talk and stuff like that. Or did you kind of stay positive and were able to kind of compartmentalize that aspect of, of your life? What was it like? I, I don't know that I, my brain could even go there to the shame because it was so like fight or flight. Like, Part of it was eating disorder and being so afraid of letting that go, but then so afraid of not. So afraid of letting it go because you feel like your needs are not going to be met with nutrition or what is that, what is that fear based in on either side of it? What's the fear rooted in that you're going to die basically or the, well, not that I'm, gonna die or be unhealthy or uncomfortable okay yeah okay that like my body's not gonna work if i'm not controlling all of these aspects right so you feel as though you felt as though or feel that if you let up on your plan of action if you will that you're either going to die or you're not going to be able to sustain life is that yeah fairly accurate yeah i mean but right like in my eating disorder though it was so delusional so you couldn't really like grasp and understand exactly what was going on when you're in the middle of the the eating disorder is that 
fairly accurate. Oh yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And then I is mean, it- I would, my therapist at the time, like I'd seen her for, um, like nine years when she eventually was like, I'm not helping you. You're not getting better and you need to do something different. And that's when I started seeing Zach or, you know, a couple of things led to me seeing Zach. Um, but I would go into her office and, and I wasn't, and it wasn't because I, like, I didn't even know until after the fact, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. but I was not being completely honest with her and I didn't know it until after, but I would go into her office and, you know, talking about some of this stuff and, but not talking about some of it. And I remember like one time, a couple of times, maybe, that she, um, and this is like with the actual like food stuff, like I've seen multiple dietitians and it has been like a journey. Um, but, um, a couple of times, you know, she took pictures of me to show me what I looked like because like, I just didn't even know. And like, especially during the pandemic, like I wore sweatpants and workout clothes every day. Right. And so like one day I put on jeans and had no idea and until you know this one day that I like put on jeans that none of my clothes fit me like I did not know that my that my body was changing and you know so she yeah took a picture and like showed me and it still was like didn't really like register because I just was so like what I looked like was not part of my eating disorder. It was just so like control and so in was my it, mind. So like, did you experience like body dysmorphic disorder type of like symptoms? Like you, what you saw in mirror is completely different from what other people saw or you just weren't. I mean, I think so, but I was so out of like, that wasn't even on my mind. Yeah. Like my body, you, the, what the I looked end, like. The was, end goal wasn't how you looked. It was how you could restrict your intake. Well, it wasn't about how I could restrict my intake. It was about how I could control my digestion, control my, um, yeah, I mean, really, like, digestion is what it started with, you know, and then it just, like, <clears throat> what's the name anxiety. Of, what's the name of the uh, disorder? So what I have been diagnosed with is orthorexia rather than, yeah. I have zero times ever heard that word before. Ortho- can you, yeah, yeah. Explain on that you, a little bit. So orthorexia, I think the definition is essentially like the obsession with being healthy. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're yeah. trying to be as healthy as humanly possible for me for you not by an objective standard okay so what you felt was the ideal for you you were obsessed with achieving that well that no there was no like gold standard okay i just wanted my body to work i wanted you know Optimal health, optimal fitness, optimal digestion, all of these things. But I was doing so much to control that. Can, can I uh, yeah, touch on, on something that yeah, we, we we talked about something the other day on the phone? Um, 
and I hope you don't mind me sharing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had I had a sponsee that was suffering from some some liver issues, um, and she had symptoms that related to it that that had taken place like weeks before, and it was like upset stomach and just just digestive problems. Well, I mentioned it to her, and she kind of freaked out. She was like, "Do I need to go get my liver checked? Am I going to be okay?" And I was like, "Wow, this is real." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and I see that because I never knew anything about these type of disorders. Not that I, I mean, not that I say anything bad about them, but that was my first learning experience with it was seeing what you go through with that. And, I mean, it's real. It's yeah. real. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a whole nother level that I just, yeah, I have no comprehension of. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. Like, I, I, I think I understand. But like, so my question is this. When when you were, when you started working with Zach, and w- was he able to effectively help you identify, like, where you are, where you were, where you are, and where you want to go? Or did he just kind of help you through that process? Or did he, what, how, how did that work with him? Because it seems and appears as though now with this understanding of everything that you were dealing with, you're able to kind of look back on, on the past when you were in the, the, the depths of the eating disorder and kind of identify, I was doing this, I was doing this, I was doing this while you were in it. It was difficult for you to identify that this, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, I'm going through that. So for people listening, where did that, where, when did it click? When you were able to yes, see. Yes, all of that that you just said, capital T, true. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. When did it click? Um, I mean, I think it's still clicking. I think it's, uh, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Yeah, like I, I don't I don't think that I, I have, have it figured out. Um, so I started seeing Zach. And one of the first things he had me do was ice. And I, um, yeah, like to start off, when I started with Zach, it was a lot about my relationship with my body and getting in my body and trusting my body because that's what it was. Like I didn't trust that my body would just work. Without me controlling it. Right. And. Um, How are those ways that you would control it? With what I was eating. With e- exercise is also a huge part of my um, eating disorder story. Um, Over exercise. And because like movement's good for digestion. And so then I took that to the extreme. Um, and then. Uh, in recovery, finding balance with that is really hard, right? Because, like, exercise is good. We right. all know that. But, like, where's the line with too much or not enough, you know? And so, like, with instead of going to either extreme, finding the balance. Um, but what was your question? How are the – what were the ways that you would try to control your your body? So exercise. Exercise. Exercise, food, um, uh, yeah, and, like, with the orthorexia, it was, uh, yeah, a lot about, like, added 
ingredients because there are things that like make my IBS worse. Right. Um, and so figuring out what those things are that trigger me and, um, instead of just like cutting out everything that I think might, um, and, uh, so yeah, like really, really, um, those sorts of things, but also, you know, in the worst of it, it was, um, you know, pro- taking too many supplements that were not good for me. Um, but yeah, just like doing whatever I thought was, would control. I don't know. Um, again, in my delusions of control. Um, you poor thing. It sounds like you were really just driving yourself mad. Oh my gosh. I mean, really? That's like, my life is so much easier now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not hyper fixated on trying to control everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds like Zach has really, really played an integral role in oh. in that. Let me oh. tell you something real quick. I think I told you this, but I've, I've never said it on the... So, Zach is, is my therapist also, and at the end of my addiction, I was completely beaten down. Uh, I, I reached out to my sponsor and asked for a new therapist because my insurance changed and I couldn't have my old one. He was like, yeah, call, call Zach. So, I reached out to Zach, set up an appointment. And I was broken, 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 financially, spiritually, emotionally, as broken as you could possibly be. And I sat in his office and I just, for the first time in a very, very long time, I just exploded with crying and emotion. And I was, snot was coming out of my face and it just, it was the most, it was the absolute emotional bottom that I could have ever, ever imagined. And he did something that was so incredibly unique and something that I wasn't expecting at all, but it was absolutely what I needed more than anything. I told him, I just, I blurted out everything that I've been doing. I've been messing up. I, my life was in shambles. My relationships, nothing was great. And I was just, uh, just crying and crying and crying. And he just, he just, he, he looked at me and with the kindest tone, he said, I can help you with that. Mm. And I stopped crying. And I just, I exhaled for the first time in a very, very long time. And I saw him every week for 18 months That that when I got sober that time, or this time. Um, and now I'm, I see him every other week. Um, he has he absolutely changed my life. I can help you with that. Absolutely changed my mind, my, my, my life. He gave me the direction that I needed. Um, and he's he, such a fascinating guy. Yeah. I could have spoken to him for like three or four hours. Really yeah, we could. we got to get him back on. He's he's more than welcome or more than willing to come back on. We just got to figure out a day. I want to come on with him. Okay, we can absolutely do that. So when you say you you finally got to be able to take that breath, that's something that like I've I've noticed a lot of people just can't even seem to force themselves to do because they they feel so closed up and alone. And they don't have anybody there to reach out and and lend that helping hand and say, "Hey, it's okay, just breathe." Yeah. Well, addiction by its very nature is, you know, you you create this self imposed prison. Oh yeah. And you feel isolated and hopeless yeah. and despairing and. And that's a scary place. Yeah. Oh my God, it's frightening. I'm straight up shivering right now from thinking about. I can imagine. That day. Yeah. Like, I um it, it it every time I think about it, it's just like. 
Yeah, I was watching you. I mean, I just saw all the emo- yeah, and that's not the ice bath. It's been too long. <laughs> I, don't know, I'm so I think cold. I think I am chilled to my core now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That, that's certainly like so. I say all that to say not to make this about me, but to 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 illustrate how incredibly important it is and beneficial it can be to have someone in your corner to talk to. Oh yeah, to you know someone like Zach and. Zach, I'll, I'll, I think actually, I think Lighthouse is on um, our recovery resources website, our webpage, but we'll, we'll, we'll get them out. Zach is the most incredible person I've ever. This was a large factor in, in starting the podcast was just how hopeless I felt. And I thought, you know, if I can just be real honest and somehow, by my honesty, convince the guests to be real transparent and open and talk about difficult things, then somebody can hear it and think, well, I'm doing, you know, if they did it, I can do it. If right. I, you know, if, if we can help one person avoid one thing that we did, one consequence, because it just feels so hopeless and you have the weight of the world on you and you don't think there's ever going to be a way out. No difference. Right. It just doesn't seem, you get to a point where you're so beat down. And then if you start to even think about it, like, if you're honest with yourself, well, I did this to myself. I'm in this position because yeah, of my, it's my poor own damn life, fault. My poor yeah. life choices. And then just the self-hatred for me became real mm-hmm. big. Yeah. Look, I, I will vouch for Drew. Um, I, we go way back. And I saw him at his bottom, mm-hmm. you know, very bottom. And um, the way he came out of it was just beautiful and glorious. Um, so look, I was about to say, I mean, we we, we ran in yeah. the, in the same circles, and yeah. to see you happy and healthy today, we lived today, in the same house. Lived in the same house. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah. For a for a little while, yeah. Really? Right across the hall in another bedroom. And man, the stories we've got. But same with he and I at that old oh, house man. over off of Hugh Ward. Okay. Was that after? This was well, he and I were doing making poor choices before. Before. Okay. We were in Jackson together. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh-uh. At least we were in a nice neighborhood. We what? weren't with no, broken we out windows. We like it really opened my, I mean, I had never been around that many people doing awful things before. Oh, so y'all were like, was this a sober house or was this a, hey, no, no, oh, we were like, we were, it was like a trap house. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh. It was the bottom of the bottom. Like we, I remember one time we, we cooked like 70 hot dogs. Cause that's all we had. Hell we yeah. had a refrigerator full of hot dogs. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it'd be two o'clock in the morning and somebody would come by with a stolen car. Oh yeah. And want to hide out for a while. Uh-huh. And then, you know, three o'clock in the morning, like there was a guy who used to come by on a motorcycle and oh my gosh. And he, he, every night he would high and then change the color of the motorcycle with fingernail polish with fingernail polish or magic markers or you know because there's no they're honest to god was no telling what he was what he had done and was trying not to be exactly identified with i mean really no and and his his life got way worse um i watched that happen as well but you know in the motorcycle it was it was just crazy stuff it was like a honda mixed with a harley all put together you know 
just, it, but it was always something. And yeah. There was always somebody with dope and dangerous people and crazy people doing always. crazy and desperate things. Uh-huh. And, and it's crazy. Like when we're in it, like it doesn't feel that chaotic. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, well, there's this guy that gets high and paints his, I mean, yeah, whatever. It's, like It's it, almost like live and let live. Yeah. But like, that's just like, not okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, let's get high and go play with chainsaws. And that, I'm not <laughs> now, even exaggerating about that. I am now afraid of the life that I used to live. Yeah. Like genuinely, it is so terrifying. Genuinely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it, Dude, just tragic. Just I was just a horrible person, man. Horrible, horrible person. But yeah. I mean, as a result of all of those poor life choices, we are all that we have all made in our active addiction. We're now uniquely qualified to be able to help other people with that. You oh, know what man. I mean? So and it's such a blessing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. That's actually what I've started doing as a, a profession. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled yeah, about it. Yeah, tell us it. about that. Okay, so I am a recovery support specialist certified through the state of Mississippi. Um, Where at? At Region 8. Okay. Um, And so I was at Region 9, but... um. I decided to come back a little closer to home, but that is where I got my start. Um, it's basically like pay, being paid to be a sponsor, yeah. and I already love the idea of sponsorship. Oh, it's um, fantastic. This yeah. is so interesting to me because when I, the very first times I got sober, I mean, I've been alive and around for the advent of the peer support specialist, and I think uh-huh. it's great. Oh, I yeah. mean, really. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you're doing God's work. I mean, you really are. Those people are at their bottom, you know? Yeah, and, and it's it's hard for them to find somebody to trust, but when you come in with that relatable story, they, they kind of simmer down a little bit, and they're able those to— Those walls s- come down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I had to have that happen for me, you same, know? Same here. The fear of walking through the doors of AA again, which I got sober for the first time in 2009, mm-hmm. Um and then I got sober again when I was 20. So I was 20 then, and I got sober again when I was 26, and then 32. So I'm about to be 34. Um, this is the best sobriety I've ever had mm-hmm. in all the attempts. Um, but I I had a fear of of judgment, fear that other people were going to judge any and everything I said, the way I looked, you know, how I shared. But oh, yeah. with the work and actually going in and sitting down, you just have to kind of face it. And they say... They say that um, fear and courage can go together. Oh, yeah. You know, um, there, it doesn't have to be one or the other. So when you're facing your fears, you just got to muster up the courage to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it, it helps, it super helps to have a, you know, a group of peers around you to help uh-huh. you through that. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Look, I, Kimberly could vouch for this. I, I'm a big believer in, I mean, I know sponsors are important for helping us call us out on our bullshit. But I think they're equal. Another job we have in each other is, hey, you did good with that. You know, I know oh, it was yeah. hard, but you made it through. Right. And you use that to build on the next time. I mean, I right. remember when I got sober this time and I got my driver's license back. Mm. And I called my mom and I was like, you know, I got a driver's license. Mm-hmm. And then I got a checking account. And then, you know, I made a bit. That meant the world to me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A driver's license. That was killing it. And, yeah. you know, we need to feel, we need to learn, it's just as important for us to learn what we've done well and how to build on that and how to, uh, so that we can 
draw on that positive experience is just yes. as important for us to learn the good things that we do as it is to recognize the bad. Yeah. And I yeah. wish that was more, I wish that was talked about more. I, I do too. And the, the, the dangerous thing is, you know, our loved ones, all they see is the negative, 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 negative. You know, it's, it's very difficult for your loved ones to be that support network that you have, you know, that will really help you, which is, you know, why, you know, church and fellowship of any kind, whether it be AA, NA, whatever path to recovery you have, there's, there's going to be a fellowship aspect to that. And that's where that really comes in because family members, you know, you've, you've lied and cheated and stealed over and over and over and over and over again. And how can we expect them after we've been drinking and using for 20 years, lying to them nonstop for them to all of a sudden, we have trust them not to trust. We have absolutely trust them not to touch us. So that's where it's, it's super important to have that fellowship again, that, that camaraderie that, that we get from, you know, whatever recovery you you choose to go into. If you're, you know, if you if A and NA is not for you, fine. That's fine. Keep if, at it. If, find if, something else. If church celebrate good, recovery. If church yeah. works for you, if celebrate recovery works for you, great. Like there's there's a million and one different paths to recovery, and we at the Recovery Lab, we we are not behind any one of them. We don't think that any one of them is more important or less important than any other. If if it works for you, if recovery works for you, we are one hundred percent behind it. you on that. Do that thing, absolutely. So that yes, so that makes me think about. I want. I wanted to say this. Um, therapy has been like you know AA has been important to me. I have also been in therapy the entire time pretty much that I've been sober and I love doing that work and going inside and getting deeper and, and seeing what else is, is down there. Um, and so anyway, I just, that being an avenue for, for people, um, I, I yeah, take it. 100%. Take it. I am all about therapy with the wins celebrating our wins and you know yes support community fellowship all of that is so so vital and just like awesome it's amazing mm-hmm. um but it's also what i have learned um for me is that uh it it's really hard for me to celebrate my own wins and recognize that in myself yeah. and um and yeah, so having people to point it out, but also like making myself point it out and affirmations. Um, yeah. Affirmations and celebrate, you know, if I'm like, I've been working really hard, I, I, I can take a break. This is a nice segue to my two favorite questions to ask guests. Aren't you ready? Ready. What do you do poorly in your, in your recovery? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, Huh. I probably, well, I kind of do a mental self-inventory daily, but I understand that it is probably more beneficial to put pen to paper. That way I can, you know, go back from time to time and see how my behavior changes and stuff like that and just have like the awareness like I was talking Oh, I'm about. down with it. Plus yeah. I retain stuff a lot better when I write it down too. So yeah. it, it really helps to kind of cement it into okay, this is where I'm at. Right. This is how I can grow. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is how we're going to do it and you have a game plan. Right. And so I don't take the time 
to just sit down, which which I need to because I'm I'm a firm believer in prayer and meditation. Meditation, like centering myself and being like right here in the present moment. R- sitting there writing would help me with that, but I think that you know I fall short on it a lot. I don't usually just do this with one. Oh, go ahead. You had something else. No. Uh, All right. You get the flip side of the question. What okay. do you do well in your recovery? What are you proud of? Being a part of something. Feeling, feeling included yeah. and beneficial. A part of, yeah, a part of. Isn't that what we're all wanting, really? Yeah, love, connection. Yeah, you know, that we matter. Yeah, that we, that we count to somebody, and that's so beautiful that, Sponsorship also with that is so incredible. You're saying what you did reminds me. So I had a therapist one time. I really did love this woman. And I'd go in there and I'd bitch about something and bellyache about something. And she would say, well, what happened the week before? And I never could. I mean, it, I thought, why am I even paying you? You know, who? and I get it now. Yeah. You know, helping me identify those patterns because – I saw it writ large when I first moved back to Jackson. I was sober for about nine months, and I rode by some seedy motel where I'd been holed up before, and I was flooded with these memories and feelings, uh-huh. and it took me by surprise. And I noticed, you know, not long thereafter, I thought about getting high more, and I thought about this more. And so I devised what I call my uh, background program analogy, like you're on your computer you know, we'll, we'll experience something that turns on one of these background programs, usually triggered by guilt, shame, remorse, or fear. And we don't even know it's running, but it's eating up our processor. And then six hours later, six days later, the aberrant behavior or the thoughts of the aberrant behavior, you know, ramp amp up. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, this will dovetail nicely into what you're saying by staying plugged in we have a support system where we can go and say, you know, I, I rode by the the ends USA today and I remember, you know, this, that, or the other. And oh my gosh. I listened to Zach's episode with y'all this morning to prepare for this today. And um and I a couple of times throughout the episode, y'all talked about intuitively knowing how to handle situations that used, used to, to baffle, baffle us. us. And it got me, I, I just, while I was listening to that episode, I was really thinking about that and what that means to me today. Y'all were talking about Susie Jones and her, you know, that, that, that would be the, what she would come out of, um, you know, on the other side of, of trauma being in, you know, recovered from that. Like, how would she live? And the answer was intuitively knowing how. So what that means to me is like, that doesn't mean that I know all, I, I just know what to do or that I have all the answers, but that means that I have the, I have the tools and I know who to call. I call my sponsor and that doesn't, you know, so I don't have the answer, but I'm, I'm not alone. Right. And, you know, that I you're don't never know. alone. Yeah. But it, it takes a minute to get there. Like I'm obsessed oh, yeah. with, with my behavior patterns and what yeah. yields positive results and what yields negative results and trying to amend my behavior to 
produce predictable positive results. And it is tough because you do have to make that affirmative decision to do those healthy things because life happens and bad thing, you know, you will ride by the ends of USA and you will, you know, your significant other will get on your nerves and your kids won't do what they're supposed to. And, you know, you'll be made to feel a certain way by your boss. Or life gets lifey. Life gets lifey and you have life on life's terms, but then you have to have the willingness make it a practice to, to make it a practice it a to, habit. okay, the last time I felt this way, the way I combated it was to do X, Y, and Z. Here's a good example. So I wish that I was that guy who never thought about using, you know, I hear people, they boast about it in meetings and I know they're full of shit. <laughs> I mean, really like, I know you're bound to have thought about it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, last night I'm going to get in the bathtub and I thought about those pain pills over there. And you know, I wasn't having a bad day. I wasn't reacting to something awful, but it was a thought and it popped into my mind and it happens. And so I have learned that I need to, to be honest with people. And I immediately texted my wife and I was like, you know, ain't addiction a motherfucker. Really? You know, my life is going great. I've got largely most of my life in a way that I want. And, and here I am, boom, you know, is it self jeopardizing? Is it that I'm trying to, uh, spackle over some ill feeling about myself? I I don't know. I I mean, I, I will think about it. Or is it the human condition? It's just, you know, exactly. And I think that that's where recovery is, is being honest about those feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so many people aren't. Yeah. And that's, I think they lie. I think all those people that say, gosh, I didn't thought, you know, I, I, I the, you know, I took the whatever step and I hadn't thought about using it. Lies, lies and scandals. Gotta you be. know, you Gotta do. Be. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, fortunately the meetings I go to people are pretty doggone honest. And there's a guy that just got 35 years. Um, and he's talked about it on, on more than one occasion that, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's, I mean, he sponsors countless people. We, we all probably know who this is, but sponsors countless people. You would think that with 35 years that this guy, he's got it. He's, you know, never thinks, and he was completely honest. And this is at, you know, a meeting with a lot of old sobriety where, you know, the fear of, of judgment could be real for some people, you know, well, what are these people with these super long periods of time being sober? What are they going to think of me? And this guy was just like, no, you know, I had a, there's something going on. And, and I legitimately thought about drinking and using. And, mm-hmm. um, and he was just perfectly honest with it, just matter of fact. And, you know, when we can, that completely disarms it, right? You know, when we talk about it with other people, which is where the, the fellowship really, really comes in because we surround ourselves with people that are like-minded. Yes. And when, when those thoughts and, and feelings do come up and they will come up, mm-hmm. I don't care how, I don't, you know, I, I think whether they're lying or not, maybe they're just not being honest. I don't know. But, you know, I, it's, it's part of the human condition for alcoholics and addicts to sometimes think about that. It's just going to happen. Just like using dreams, you know, it's just going to happen. It's out of Mm -hmm. your control, but we now have these tools that we can, we have tools. Yeah. We have these tools like you were talking about Gracie that, that we can implement and, and use and, and, 
you know, effectively mitigate the risk of going back out because we're actually talking about it and processing it, sharing it with someone else. And all of a sudden, the power is completely removed from that thought. Exactly. You know? Being able to place the power in something else, something greater than that, something more productive. And, right. You know, I wonder about the, the honesty that we speak on. You know, yes, I understand that, that it's pretty much probably impossible to not think about using or drinking. But the people that say that they don't, maybe they're just not aware that, like, the thought is a thought. Right. You know, they may think, oh, well, that's just something that was just fleeting. Right. But, it, and it doesn't matter. So, therefore, I don't obsess. Yeah, there's a it. huge difference between right. thought and obsession. Right. I right. mean, I think we can all agree on that. Right. So, it's just how they vocalize it, I would think. But, yeah, we it's it's damn near impossible. I yeah, would say. yeah. Yeah. I know, like, the fleeting thoughts. That's a, you know, phrase yeah. that I've heard a lot. But, yeah, I know that for me... And I, I, I feel like I've said this in so many meetings recently, but um, early sobriety has been on my mind a lot yeah. uh, lately. And what that was like, because for me, well, not this is not why, because, but for me, early sobriety was really hard. And um, I hated every second of it. And I don't want to go back there. I do not right. want to go back to year Amen one. Amen to that. Yeah. It was awful. But the first, like, when I relapsed and went back to treatment and got sober this time, I went back to the same treatment center initially. And, you know, I was in there talking about, I want to, I want to use. And I, but I had, like, driven myself there. I'm, like, here, right? Like, that was the first time that I... I brought myself to treatment. Right. Um, but yeah, I was in there and I was like, I, I want to use. And somebody, um, and it wasn't a therapist. It was like another, it was a, a person um, that said to me, well, you obviously, you're here. So you want to be sober a little bit more than you want to get high. And I was like, all right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And um, I, I think that for the first year, like, I was so afraid. Like, I wanted to, I was so uncomfortable and wanted to use, uh, like, my anxiety. I was I was so anxious. I wanted to use, um, but I was also so afraid of using. And having that, like, pull on me, like, seriously every day for probably over a year. Um where I, I wanted to use and I was so afraid to use <laughs> um, that. Yeah. Like I thought about, I thought about it all the time and I'm so grateful that like now, you know, I rarely think about it and, and it just isn't, doesn't seem like an option because my life is so amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly have thought about, thought about it. How do you find working with newer people in recovery? Like, what are some ways you've made some connections that have benefited you? Hmm. Some, what do you mean? Like, as far as, like, sponsorship goes? Well, like, sponsorship, like, gosh, I, I see, I recognize this behavior oh, pattern. Yeah, and, because, well, I mean, you know, I'm just now getting to a year, and so it's it's a lot easily, I mean, a lot easier remembering where I was 
and and with them being newcomers and stuff like seeing their patterns I'm like okay well that yes I understand that but I also make so many mental notes on what not to do and how yeah. to handle situations that it's still kind of fresh so I think that's I mean it's a it's an it's definitely a plus being able to do that um I know I had a friend named Billy y'all remember Billy W yeah. I know you do yeah and he said one of the best things about you know his long-term sobriety was he could benefit from watching the mistakes of other people. Oh yeah. And and I've always thought well for a long time I thought man I'd love to get there instead of having to make that same mistake old boy made but <laughs> Well how many times yeah. do you tell a toddler not to touch a hot stove and then they just don't. Right. No, they're going to yeah. test that you got to test the waters. Um so that's where the experience and strength and hope comes from, I think. Um Agreed. So I, I just have to play the tape all the way through. And that that comes with a lot of, that applies to a lot of situations in life. You know, behavior patterns, um, old habits, like um, war, just remembering my war stories. I don't want to go back there. Mm-mm. You know, I don't want to risk being shot every day. Right. I don't, I don't like losing my stuff having people i got so comfortable with people taking from me i thought that it was strength on my part being able to just get through it just let it go i was like oh i can handle any situation no yeah. that's so wrong i don't deserve that you know there's there's just some ridiculous behavior patterns that i went through in in my addiction that i just look at now and i'm like wow i really and truly don't ever want to risk my life again mm-hmm. because i figured out as a person that i matter yes you know that's and you don't want to lose what you have now right. i have seen how much you have gained <laughs> yeah. and the life yeah. that you have now <laughs> i mean that's like the miracles happen right right Hundred percent. I don't know why this is hitting me right now. Like you tell me, you tell me this all the time, and I'm just like, "Whoa, it's real." Yeah, (laughs) like it's not that you don't want to go. I I mean, I don't. You know, your story is your story, but yeah, I don't want you to go back there either. But I don't want you to lose Braxton. God, you know, amazing. I have a ten-year-old son, and he is the light of my life. He looks just like me. He's got my brain. Even his daddy says that, and I'm just like rock on. (laughs) Win for me. Yeah, and this is so real hearing you say that. I mean, I'm so passionate about my recovery, and I'm so grateful that I've been I've been allotted the ability to recover. Recover from living in abandoned houses where I had no windows in the coldest parts of the winter. I had one couch cushion smaller than what we're sitting on now and a blanket. It was me and my dog. And I, um, you know, I was just ready to end it. Like, I've always had a will to live, but I was to the point where I didn't think that I could come out of that hole. Mm -hmm. Living in South Jackson, constantly having bullets flying everywhere, and that's no joke. I almost got shot, um... It was probably about three or four years ago. Um, I was driving in my driver's side car. I got dro- I, Somebody drove me into an ambush, and bullets went flying through my window into my steering wheel. One grazed my neck right here. And if that weren't for the power of God being there, I should have been dead. Mm-hmm. You know? But that just shows you that I have a greater purpose in this world, and mm-hmm. I'm so proud today. You know, not to say that my ego is too big or inflated because I like to keep myself right size, but I can, I, the only way I can do that is with you guys and with the toolkit that I have in right. order to kind of pop, burst my bubble, bubble when need be. Yeah. But like, I, oh man, the bottom was just, it was, I always like to say that I was underneath the trenches. 
Like, I was the person that was getting stepped on when everybody was walking through the mud in their boots. Right. And I don't want to go back to that. I, man, it's so cool to be sitting here today looking it at It is this. cool. Yeah. Well, one thing I think we can all agree on is that, that gift of desperation that we had at the end, you yeah. know. Let us not ever forget that. You know what I mean? And that's right. what's so great for me about meetings. I love AA. Mm-hmm. I love going to meetings. Like, it's not, it's not something I have to do. It's something that I absolutely want to do. And, and and what it does, especially like when newcomers come in, like, which is another reason like newcomers, please don't, don't ever be embarrassed to come back in or come oh, in yeah. or at all. Like, because honestly, like when I see someone that I, I will, I can forget that, that desperation that I had, things yeah. are going great. Life is great. We got a, this awesome whole life that's, that's going on. It's very easy for me to forget that, that desperation that I had yeah. when I was sitting on Zach's couch bawling my eyes out you yeah. know I, I can very easily move past that so when i see the newcomer that comes in that's broken and, and down at the bottom i can i can live I, I i can relive that and it really really helps me to, to to stay humble and be like hey you know first of all don't let your head get too big because you're one drink or one one yeah. drug away from being in the in the ditch exactly. like that's it like I'm we not, all know how this story plays right, out right 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 you 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 have a bad day at work yeah. a couple times you have an unresolved fight at home a couple times and then a couple things happen and a couple things happen and they're not the end of the world, but you don't really do anything about it. You don't address it properly. And then you ride by the ends of USA and you feel some crazy shit and then boom. You're like, Oh, just let me go. Let's just go say, Hey, old boy rolls by and you're like, wow, I I hadn't seen you in a long time. Hey man, what you holding? You know? I mean, I've lived this story. I've, I've seen this movie I've read this book, you know, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up crazy. Nobody will answer my phone calls and then the phone won't work. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, it, the, the slow, the attrition, uh, you know, the yeah. withering away of all that you worked hard for and value. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that I can play that tape through. And yeah. Right, right. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm glad that I've got, I've got the uh, cassette. Because I assure you, you will bump into somebody you haven't seen in a long time at the wrong time. Oh, man. That's good. That's good. Yeah, playing the tape all the way through. And I just, this, I guess, has been on my mind a lot recently as well. But what I'm not willing to lose today. Yeah. Yeah. My peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's it's, it's that, and it's the, just the self hatred that 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 I have when I'm doing what I know I shouldn't be doing. You yeah. Know? yeah, I hate I hated every cell in my body. Like I've never hated anyone in the world more than I hated myself. Yeah, it's just man, realizing that I hated myself. Like I, I had a, a false sense of of um, who I was for so long. And I thought that to be confidence, but it was such a false sense of confidence. I've never seen something so crazy. Coming out of that and rebuilding has been miraculous for me. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. I love the program. I love recovery. I love I love it all. I'm, I mean, and and being on the gratitude end of the spectrum, it's what's going to keep me afloat. Right, you know, right, right. because when I start bouncing back into the negative stuff, I'm I'm just sinking my boat. You know, and and then I'm going to be grasping for straws, and I'm just gonna I'm going to drown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll start comparing myself, and when I start comparing myself and getting out of gratitude. 
like Facebook, for instance, I try not to, I, I try right. not to scroll on Facebook because I, I have it for work. We have it for the recovery lab and periodically I'll scroll through, but I'll find myself, you know, and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit this, just a judging people oh, yeah. out the ass mm-hmm. and B comparing myself to other people and say, Oh, well, I don't have a Bentley. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And, oh, I don't have this. I don't have Learning that. Learning to shift our perspective. Right, right, right. Right. So game changer. Yeah. So it all boils down to if I am grateful, if I'm living in gratitude, if I'm practicing gratitude, yes. I have to practice it. It doesn't come easily for me all the time. But when I'm practicing gratitude, life is incredibly great. When I start comparing myself, I I, I shrink to the size of a Lego man because I'm just it. You know, it's just that comparison. It's well, just look, Har- Harper Lee, you know, that wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, had that other book. And she, I can't remember. The, Go set a watchman. And I've always loved this. She says, those who want little have much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the material stuff has to become less valued. Um, and I, I got to look at myself more and, and be grateful for what, what I am. Yeah. Not what I've got. Right, right, um, right. Isn't it crazy how when you stay on on the gratitude end of the spectrum, even just by listing like five small things mm-hmm. or saying it to another person, your head is held higher. Right. I right. feel I feel more lifted and enabled, able bodied. You know, like I I have sponsees sometimes they'll start calling me and just nagging, and they talk about how bad their job is, how so and so is. I'm like, well, okay, I want you to stop right there and just tell me five, ten things you're grateful for. It doesn't matter if it's just the air you breathe or the couch you're sitting on. Right. When we change that perspective, is when things start to get better. One hundred percent. Yeah. But it's not I, easy I, all the time. Sometimes you have to force the gratitude. You know. I hate. Yeah. That I had to be the guy who couldn't afford a Polar Pop and a pack of Time cigarettes. To be grateful for, you know, I can go, if my vape dies, I can go buy another one right now. Yeah. And there were times where, you know, walking from that house to the gas station, oh my God. trying to get a damn a fountain Coke. Do you remember how many times we shared a Mountain Dew freeze? Oh, it was like that was <laughs> that was the highlight of, of some of our days yeah. because we would scrape together enough change after we were high. Of course, of we course. had to get high enough to walk to the kangaroo. First things first, and then we get there, and it, you know it's a dollar for whatever size Mountain Dew freeze you can. You know, we get the biggest one, we'd share it. But you know, now if we want to go get one, we can get four. Yeah, yeah, I can get fifty yeah. from the money I have in my wallet right now. The cash I have in my wallet yeah. right now. <laughs> Y'all, I remember scraping coins out of my car, the floorboard of my car, to buy a pack of Paul Mall menthols. Oh, wow. Paul Mall, that's big. That's wow. Big. That's yeah. living large right that's there. Not, that's that not rock bottom. That's pretty high right there. Oh when you, when you get down to the time and Seneca menthols in your nest. Yeah. What about the Montegos? I never tried. Seneca I don't know if I ever had that's one. That's the of those. new rock bottom, I think. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about those. <laughs> yeah, that's the, look. I saw Paul Malls on clearance the other day. <laughs> like, I'm so glad y'all are getting rid of those. But see, I quit smoking when I got sober. I quit smoking. Yeah. I vape, yes, but putting down the cigarettes has improved my health. Mine too. Ooh. I only vape. Yes, it'll be, it'll be three years without a cigarette in August. Congratulations. That's amazing. Nicotine is an addictive thing, but the nasty stuff in cigarettes, I think it just is terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. all the carcinogens. I mean, it's just, Ugh. and granted, we don't it know. It stinks. We don't, yeah, we don't know the the long-term effects of vaping and, you Not know. Not yet, right. You know, so. 
my life is on the whole much better since I don't smoke cigarettes. Oh, 100%. Right. 100%. My singing voice is a little bit uh, put back, you know, because I, I don't have the long-windedness, but I'm not really a singer. Anymore. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> Fortunately, no one has to worry about that. Nobody me. wants right, me to sing right. anything. <laughs> On the gratitude stuff, y'all, just uh, we can link this if, <laughs> if I don't know, but I am um, committed to and really enjoy and am a proponent for the um, five minute journal. Or yes, so that's what I do. I've, I, I've this is like the I don't know third year or whatever, but I do it and I five minutes a day. It's called the five minute journal. It's a, we can link, put a link on Amazon, but it's, you know, there's a morning section and a night section. And the morning part is first listing three things you're grateful for. And then like, what would make today great? And so it just like gets you, gets me like kind of grounded. It's just part of my, you know, morning and evening routine. Um, But that I've found is just a real simple way to, you know, do it, and it keeps me accountable. I I've gotten to where I really enjoy doing it every day, um, but that's a you know a book that you can buy on Amazon. Or yeah, whatever. do me a favor, it's shoot just, me a link to that, and I'll put it on the Recovery Resources website. Yeah, or webpage. Can we uh? Can we all just say like a few things we're grateful for today? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We are at almost at one fifteen. We used to go an hour. Okay, so we're we're a little over, but nobody cares. You know, if we go over, so yeah, let's it. let's do that, and then let's let's uh, leave it on a high note with that. Okay, who wants to go first? You, you brought it up. Yeah. Okay. Go All for right. it, Caleb. Hi, I'm Haley, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> I'm grateful that I have an a nice house in a nice area that I can live with my dog. And then potentially have my son back with me. Um, I'm also grateful that I have a full-time job with benefits and that I can still help others. I am grateful for recovery. I'm grateful for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, my sponsor, and my higher power. 100%. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for health, uh, first and foremost. Well, not first and foremost. I'm, I'm grateful for my higher power, who I choose to call God, um, for... Uh, showing me the way out. I'm grateful for family, um, that uh, everyone is healthy and that we're relatively happy on a fairly regular basis. Uh, I'm happy that I have a, a, a great job. You know, my son is fantastic. Uh, my wife is great. Um, and, you know, all of those things are kind of meshing as a result of, of being sober. So ultimately, I would have none of this without recovery. But you know, obviously the, the material things, it's nice to have a car to be able to get to work and, um, therapists and friends and, um, exercise and, um, I mean, I can just go on and on and on, but Gracie. I'm grateful for so much today. Um, healing. That that's that's really what recovery means to me. That it's healing and it, that it's a process, and that that can seem kind of daunting, right? That it's forever, but it's also like a promise. And I like there's so much more, right? Like what else do I get to 
learn and experience. Um, so anyway, healing. Um, I'm grateful for connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connection, being a part of, belonging, and that's all of it, family, um, recovery, and, you know, specific relationships that I would not have um, without being sober, working a program, doing the work, you know, and and letting people in, learning to let people in. Yeah. Take us out, big mm. dog. What to, what to start with? Um, I think that se- uh, uh, second chances and when I mess up today, I can address it and face it and move on and do better next time without having to blow my whole life up. Right. That's fantastic. I'm really proud of all of us. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Gold stars, everybody. All the yeah. way around. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank you all for coming. You. Thanks for coming, girls. This Drew, has been so it's much been a fun. good one. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. It's rewarding for us, for yeah. sure. And don't forget to send me the link to the, the five-minute okay. thing, and I'll put that on the, the website. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, your continued support is always. Um, uh, we're we super, have T-shirts yeah, and hoodies. We have to, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're super grateful for all the support, whether it be emotional, financial, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but we're, we're grateful to be able to do this for you guys. And, uh, we're, we're grateful to be able to hopefully, you know, spread some hope when there's a, when there's not a whole lot for some people. So, all right, we'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much.